Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Worst losses in UCF history, giving up a bunch of points in the fourth quarter to Baylor. UCF travels to Kansas and puts up a stinker performance, allowing Kansas just to run all over the UCF Knights. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Charge On. As always, I am your host, Sean Green. Before we get started, as always, a quick word from our sponsors, Bet Online. Football is back, and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up to minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with BetOnline's real-time updates on stats, news, and odds. From Week 1 all the way to the college football playoff and Super Bowl, BetOnline gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Before we go to Nick, I just want to say thank you to everybody who tuned in to the Watch Along live stream. Um, it was really cool. I mean, it was something new that we've been trying, to, wanting to try for a while, and we finally kind of have, or we feel like we have, the audience to finally do it. Um, and that was a lot of fun. Didn't definitely, or let me rephrase that. It made it more fun uh, than what <laughs> uh, we were expecting uh, to witness against Kansas. But uh, we'll be doing that probably for Oklahoma, and we might be doing a live stream this week, um, I'm kind of debating whether to do a live stream or an actual just regular recorded pod um, with kind of it being our bye week. Uh, but we'll kind of give you that information uh, as we kind of figure it out. But Nick Geddes, uh, Nick watched the game on his phone today, which I mean. Well, at, just a little bit of it. Just a little bit of it. I was not a, I, that's I got not to watch on the TV. That's it was not just a for knock. a little bit of it. I mean, it was a rough game to watch on the TV. Listen, I, I um, wish I didn't watch any of it. Honestly, again, doing the live stream made it a little bit more fun because at least like, I'll say this folks, having to be on camera reacting to the game is much different than if I was not on camera reacting to the game. So you guys helped hinder my um, madness and annoyance. But Nick, kind of, how are you doing tonight? This is right after I just got done talking for three hours. So hopefully I have enough in the tank, but we'll probably keep this short and sweet. But how are you doing on a, after a, a UCF blowout tonight? Oh, I'm great. Um, this, this, like I said last week after the blowout, the sun's still going to come up the next day. Uh, it's not going to affect me. I said I was going to sleep like a baby. I did. I know I wasn't able to come on the Wednesday show, but I told you I wasn't picking this team moving forward because what confidence have they given me there? And today they just found a new way to lose. You know, you go back to Kansas State, tight game, and then they collapsed in the fourth quarter. Baylor, epic choke job being up 35 to 10. And then in this one here against Kansas – from what the second drive of the game that it was over it was over you, Kansas went up 17 nothing pretty much in a blink of an eye and from there it was always an uphill battle for this team and I got to tell you what you know again we're not on the uh I'm not really feeding into the the fire gust people it's too early for those type of discussions I think uh but all I'm gonna say is it, it's taken me back how much he's getting out coached in these games. I mean, it really isn't even close, by the way. I still can't figure out 
the passing offense, what the plan is. I haven't been able to figure that out. How many plays, Sean, does it look like when Timmy's out there? I mean, it'll be like one, two, three, and then immediately he's just running around just trying to make something happen. It seems like that's about every play. I mean, either guys are just not getting open or the play designs are off or whatever it is, but it just seems like it's literally just like one, two, three, and then Timmy roll around and try to make something happen. You just can't sustain an offense that way. Um, And then defensively, I know we're going to spend a ton of time on that because dreadful, absolutely dreadful to watch Kansas just run it down your throat about, what, 50 times in that game for 400 yards? This, this is the worst run defense I think I've ever watched on my TV screen. It just looked like every if they needed third and 15, they could get it with a run. They needed third and two, they could get it with a run. It didn't matter what it was. Just run the ball against this defensive line and against this linebacking core and against this, this defense led by Addison Williams, who has, I got question marks about him right now. Huh. Um, they just had their way. I mean, just simply put, Sean, this is a bad football team. It's a bad football team. I can't even say they're averaging. They're just bad. I mean, I think about it. I mean, when have they impressed you so far this year? Against Kent State and Villanova? They didn't impress me against Boise. They impressed me for like a quarter or two against Kansas State. And then yep. the choke job in Baylor. And then unimpressive in this one. They, they're they a bad football team. They're just plain and simple. Yeah, you're right. I mean, it's that was a hard watch. This, like... I said it on air, and you are right. We'll we'll talk about Addison Williams. Uh, that was the common um, that was the common name that was brought up in the YouTube live chat on our live stream. It was uh, Sean. Do you think Addison Williams will be fired? Do you think if this continues, will he be fired? Um, this is one of the worst starts that a defensive coordinator can have. I and, and here's what I said. I, they asked me what I thought and um, the likelihood, and we're going to get into it more. So I, I don't want to talk about it too much. But I said about thirty five percent if it keeps happening like this. 35% because at the end of the day, you don't like for a first year DC, you don't want to hype too much. But at the same time, this is abysmal. Like the well, run defense is absolutely <laughs> abysmal. He's not putting ready. the guys in the right spot. Yeah. You said if it keeps happening 35%, we'll get ready for two weeks, by the way. Oh, see you in two I'm, weeks and, and we'll see what <laughs> you'll see. It's going to be even worse. See, it's going to keep getting worse. My brightness was low. That might make me look better. Uh, Impossible. I mean, yeah, that is pretty much impossible. You're right. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to do a live stream for Oklahoma because we're going to have to laugh through our sadness. That's the only yeah. way I'm going to get that through That was going to say, Sean, I, I watched this game, and I, I when it got to 24 nothing, I think, or was it 31 nothing? The, the punt return, that made it 24 nothing, right? It was No, it was 24 nothing. Then they punt. Oh, no, you're right. Yeah, it was 17 nothing. Right. They punt return touchdown for 24 nothing. Yeah, right. I, I was I was uh I was driving home. That was the part where I had to watch it on my phone and it's like all I could all you could do is laugh. It gets to yeah. a point where I literally just started laughing out loud at just how dreadful what was going on in front of me. There was there was zero resistance from UCF today. Zero resistance. I saw I didn't see a good effort, I didn't see good coaching, and all this talent that's out on that field, didn't see it. Didn't see anything today positive. Nothing. Yeah, let's talk about it. I mean, yeah, it, it was an abysmal coaching performance, abysmal effort. Uh, I was ranting at the beginning of the stream when I was watching the game because you throw out John Rice Plumley, and we said it on the on the preview pod. We said there's no way from what we've been hearing, right? Because I listen, like I said, like we have some friends on the inside that maybe that know a little bit more than we do. 
And we know the injury that he had. I'm not putting it out in the public. There was no way that he was going to be ready uh, by this game. There's no way. And we knew there's no way he's 100% uh, in this game. He, and I'll say this, Nick. That first offensive drive looked really solid up until he had to go out. Like, they move, they were moving the ball. They looked efficient. John Rice was looking accurate. Uh, and, and he was looking good. He limps off the field. And they bring in Timmy for, he. John Rice played five plays. In those five plays, the offense looked good. Bring him off the field, bring in Timmy. Okay, well, you're in a, an offensive drive, drive the offense stales because you bring in the backup. The backup, and that had, didn't play at all. Okay, next drive. You, you put in Timmy, you keep Timmy in. Third drive, you bring in John Rice, thinking it's better. Well, then it's clearly not better, so then you bring in Timmy again. Didn't they learn their lesson from a year ago when like we learned hey in the conference championship game maybe let's not play redshirt or like you know John Rice isn't healthy right like maybe not don't try to play him like I get it if we're gonna lose we're gonna lose but don't just try like just don't trot him out there I was saying this on the 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 stream and I'll let you kind of talk about it desperation desperate times calls for desperate measures there's no question but when desperation leads you to make irrational decisions, that is where you get in trouble. John Rice was not 100%. You got desperate for a win. And that really stalled you out that first quarter, which caused Kansas to really have a, a 10-0, 17-0 lead. And they got everything from there. It, mine, it was mind-numbingly bad. Just mind-numbingly bad from Gus Malzahn, this decision. Because it was like, I know that he, he was throwing well to start the game. But he threw his first pass, and he was already gimpy. He already looked gimpy after throwing one pass. I said So it. here's my question. If you put him in there, okay, confident enough that he can play and he can start and he could be your guy, and then he's gimpy after one throw, I mean, how much preparation did we do here? How much did we go through? I just it, – it doesn't it doesn't add up whatsoever – that he gets out there and after one play he's gimpy and five plays later he has to come out of the game. And here's the thing. What is JRP special at, Sean? What's Running he special the at? Running, Running the, football. the football. Him on a bad knee with a knee brace and a gimp and all that and a limp. What what you think John Rice Plumley's gonna stand there and, and throw it for 30, 40 times a game and just pick apart a defense? That's not his game. That's not his game. I mean, Timmy McLean ain't perfect. But if you want, if you have to play that way, where I mean, Timmy, can we agree Timmy's a better passer than than John Rice? Can we say that? No, you won't I'm not say that. Say that yet? No, because I I think Timmy, I like actually what I've seen like in that first drive, the the, the deep ball John Rice threw, I really liked. John Rice had the one errant I'll put throw. It, the, the I'll screen. put it this way. I'll put it this way. John Rice having to stand back there with no mobility or Timmy McClain standing back there, but at least Timmy he, he's not Timmy McClain clearly has proven the guy is not a great runner of the football necessarily, but at least he's he able to extend it. plays and keep it going and things like that. You're 100%. going to take Timmy McClain nine times out of 10 in that situation. Correct? hundred percent. hundred percent. Right. So you spend a whole quarter dilly dallying, trying to figure out who's going to play quarterback for us today. Your offense is not getting in sync. You, how, how does an offense get in sync? Because they don't play the same way necessarily. And it almost looks like we were getting two separate plays called when John Rice Plumley was in there. And then we're getting a different playbook when Timmy McLean's in there. And you're playing a team that's 4-1 and one in their home. 
that that Gus Malzahn and this coaching staff just put his own team in your own offense behind the eight ball right away by making those decisions. And this is a guy who's coached at Auburn for who coached at Auburn for a decade and has been doing this for so long. I expect better. You as a UCF fan should expect better from the coach who just got a three million dollar raise this week after he blew a twenty eight point lead. How's that look right now? Huh. I'm not. Here's the thing. I think I'm in the minority. I guess the raise, in my opinion, again, when the numbers came out about how much everybody was making, and Gus was the lowest for a Power Five coach. Right. I understand where that looks weird. Number two, again, I don't. This is, in my opinion, I agree. Gus, the, some of the decisions Gus makes, and you know, we the quarterback situation I put on Gus. When Mikey came in for an injured John Rice Plumley, they still tried to play it like it was John Rice in there with some of the play calls. And Mikey is not John Rice Plumley. Mikey is a whole different quarterback. Mikey does diff- things different. You are correct. With Timmy in, they called the game a little bit different. They they run the football way more with the backs. Because again, I think they just assume, okay, John Rice, I think it looks different because John Rice pulls the ball a lot more. Timmy lets the backs take it. But I think defenses are also playing it like that. Like, Timmy ain't going to beat us if he pulls it. Right. We'll be able to get him. So I think that's kind of why it looks different. It might be this kind of same play calls. And you are right. Timmy. Timmy's deep ball is nice. I, I like the way he throws the football. The problem is, again, Timmy, he makes... He makes, he makes some boneheaded mistakes. decisions. He does. But he, I know I said there wasn't really any positive today. But, I mean, if you want to put one out there, I mean, and again, probably against soft coverage at the end of the game. But, I mean, Timmy made some good throws. I mean, he had the long, he had the one really good throw to Javon Baker uh, that I thought he hit him in stride and Javon couldn't hold on near the goal line. I thought that was a really good throw. Um, yeah. I mean, he made some plays, but it, it, it's just, I don't, I just don't feel like, the coaching staff set up the offense today. Just bottom line, I just think from the beginning, they just put them behind the eight ball by doing this whole quarterback back and forth type deal. Yeah, and I'm not going to say it would have been different, but I will say if you would have just started Timmy from the start, I think it was, it'd be, but, I'm not going to say here's, a lot closer, And here's my problem, but. here's my problem, and I know you have the bye week, but behind that, you have Oklahoma, which is the biggest game of the year, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So what's the point? Like John Rice Plumley, like did we set him back? Is he do we is he is he at risk of missing Oklahoma now? I mean, or is that where we're at? I don't know. I don't want to speculate, but I, hope I mean, I can't help my mind go there. That did we yeah. just ruin the chance to get if this is your guy and you really wanted him in there and you were so stubborn that you had to have him back for Kansas and you clearly, at least from my estimation, rushed him back and now he's hurt again. I mean, what are we going to extend this? He can't play in Oklahoma. I don't know. I don't think he practiced this week. I think if he practiced, he did not run the football at all. I think he probably just no. Did and I don't want him out run. there if he can't run the football. Because <laughs> no, but that, but that's what I'm saying. I think literally, like, oh, he's starting. But I think he got cleared, and I don't even know how much clearance he actually got. If it was okay, it's not going to get any much worse. There's no way he was a full participant in practice. There's no way because no you're way. telling me he was on the field for five plays and he started he was limpy and they said it was a soft tissue issue or something. He's not 100. percent He's still no, and soft injured. tissues takes a long time to those things linger for a while. Yeah, so it's like yeah, he has two weeks now. Hopefully he can get healthy. But again, if he's not 100, you don't throw him out there. Like no, and I get it. I, I'm sure there's some 
I get it. It's his last year. Like he wants to be out there. He want, but it's like you're putting your team in harm's way. And again, I'm not saying UCF would have made it closer or anything. But if Timmy just started from the jump, I guarantee you it's at least 35 points. It's an extra two touchdowns. Not saying it, I'm just saying because you get in some form of a groove. You, again, John Rice brought him right down the field. Who's saying Timmy couldn't? But again, Timmy makes you said it boneheaded decisions that you are looking like again the fumble where it, I think the coaches Nick I think this is ultimately what it is and this is why I think Timmy and I said it I think Timmy is a good quarterback unfortunately these coaches are trying to make him a system quarterback and Timmy is a on the fly figure something out but the coaches are in his head because on that play where he fumbled Darren Hinshaw was in his ear saying throw the ball out because all he's remembered is trying to make a play and he throws it in interception this play, he's like trying to make something happen, and he's like, oh, I got to throw the ball out. But he he thought of that too late. And then, of course, it's a fumble and scoops. Yeah, so it's his, like his, his thought process, it, he, he, to me, he looks like he reads everything too slow. Too slow. Like yep. even when he's making his reads going from progression one, two, three across the field, it's all too slow. It's just too slow. Yep. Like you got to, I mean, it's, it's all the cliches, you know. You got to have that internal clock of when the pressure is getting there. This UCF offensive line just continues to get bullied, let's be honest. It doesn't matter who's back there. These guys are running all over the place. But he just he holds on to it way too much. Like we thought John Rice held on to it a little bit too much last year. This is nothing compared to what we're seeing with no. Timmy McLean. And it is a shame because, like I said, I see throws from him where I go, damn, this guy can make these plays. And like you see there's like – I'm not saying special, but there's really good qualities about him as a quarterback. Oh, yeah. But all these other boneheaded things, just they, they just take it down. And I think there's so much disarray around him. And he's still very young and very raw. He's just not good enough at this stage in his career to overcome all the everything around him right now. Yeah, especially not sitting for two years learning. You know, you know, getting coached up. Um, he's just not not doing what he needs to do. And yeah, he wasn't necessarily the entire problem today. Uh, at the end of the day, we're going to talk about the defense right now. But just finishing out the offense. Um, UCF rushed 38 times for 202 yards. RJ Harvey had a big game, 16 carries for 133 yards and a touchdown. Again, I didn't really like the play calling uh, in the second half at that point. I get you put up eight in the third quarter and 14 in the fourth, but when you're down, you know, by 29 points, you got to throw the football. And I think they couldn't get anything going through the air, so they're just like, oh, we're just gonna we're gonna keep pounding. And they weren't running hurry up. They weren't running tempo. They just kept running the football and then looking to the sideline for a play. And it's like, that's the problem. You're down by 29 points and you're basically just taking the loss. And keep um, in mind receiving... this. Oh, yeah, keep in mind ahead. this, not to cut you off, but they also went, going back to the Baylor game, they went nearly a full hour of game time without scoring. Yep. Nearly a full hour, Sean. UCF, the, the number five offense in the nation. I was told on total yards. No, 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 they're not that good. They're no. not that good. And also, I think it's the first time one of the live viewers said it, it's the first time since 2015 that UCF has been shut out uh, at, at half or a half. Yeah. And a half. Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous. But I'll give the offense this before we move on to the defense. The offense did find some stuff in the second half. They, they scored, I think, besides the, the two point scoop and score, they scored 20 points in the second half. Um, so, I mean, at least they showed some poise going into the second half, whereas the defense just didn't do jack all day. And it was one of the worst defenses performances I've, I've seen out of a UCF Knights team. 
Uh, the worst loss I can go back and and really be like uh, UCF just got their butt kicked was the Cincy game in 2021, uh, where Gus had Mikey Keene and Cincinnati was ranked you know top 10 or they went to the college football playoff that year and UCF got boat race. I think it was like probably the same score as this, 50 to 20 something. Defense was awful. I mean, guess who's your leading tackler? Jason Johnson with eight total tackles. Um, I think the best player on the defense today, and I know it's not saying much, was probably Damari Henderson. He made some really good plays. Um, and Malachi Lawrence. Those are the two guys on this defense today where I'm like, you know what? They made some big plays, and uh, they showed out. Besides that, it, it's absolutely pitiful. If you look at the Kansas drives, um, field goal, touchdown, touchdown, punt, touchdown, 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 field goal attempt, miss, and touchdown. So you only, for there was only one time, one possession, where Kansas had to actually punt the ball away. And to be completely honest, I think it's a fake a fake punt uh, because at the end of the day, they got the ball with a minute four left and they were just running, trying to run the, the clock out to go to halftime. So I don't even consider that. So to be completely honest, they were going to score on every job drive. You're lucky they missed the one field goal. Um, nine total drives, absolutely ridiculous. Um, they put up 63 plays. We'll go through it now, but 490 total yards, uh, 399 rush yards. So I guess UCF's lucky they didn't allow 400, but basically it gave up 400 yards. Um, I think they broke another record. It's the first team since TCU in 1995. Two guys rushed for over 130 and a score. We talked about him. You almost had three guys. Dylan McDuffie had 91 yards. I'm going to go on my little rant. I'm gonna, then I'm going to pass to you because I'm sure you'll do it too. This running defense is the worst in the country. There's no question about it. They can't stop a, a running back if it slapped him in the face or if they literally went on the ground and said, tackle me. Um, the tackling is so poor. Uh, the linebacking is, is is awful. I mean, they're not in the right, they're in the right position at the start of the play. And then as soon as the play is hiked, they don't hit the right gap. They don't know where they're going. Defensive line doesn't create enough pressure up front. They don't do enough tackles for loss. It is a five yard every single time you hand the ball off, a ball off to a running back. UCF's problem this season will be they can't stop teams from running the football. At the end of the day, Kansas threw 12 passes. 12. They ran the ball. I think Nick said 40, 51. So we were even a little off. 51 times for 399 yards for an average of 7.8 yards per carry. That will get you beat every single time in college football. Listen, at the end of the day, this night team, they, like, at the end of the day, you got to take the hits. You have to take the hits against these teams. You have to see, let's see how you're matching up. And you're not matching up very well. You're back half to the schedule. And listen, I'm not trying to have, a, you know, you have to look at the glass half full sometimes. These teams, I guess, are, are, are you made Kansas defense today look like they were one of the top teams in the country. Kansas defense is not all that. It's looking very bleak. Addison Williams definitely needs to look at himself in the mirror and say, what am I doing wrong, and how do I put these guys in position? If the run defense continues like this, because, Nick, at the end of the day, this has been three straight weeks now that it's been consistent bad running defense. And even the first three weeks, Boise run defense was bad. Kent State, week one, you had the big run that they took it like 60 yards, if you remember, but it got called back for holding. And we are like, oh, that one was a little iffy, like... That was a little scary, but the run def- that clearly shows that, nope, we're just bad at run defense. This team is terrible at stopping the run, and they have shown no improvements over a week-by-week basis on how to stop it. 
It's whatever running back the opposing team has. And you could say Devin Neal's one of the best in the Big 12. Well, guess what? Every running back you could say is one of the best in the Big 12. Because there's a bunch of running backs in this league that are elite. And if you can't hold them to 100 yards in a game, you're going to lose every time. So there was a lot of people talking about recruiting on the chat. There was a lot of people talking about should Addison Williams be fired. At the end of the day, recruits want to know that you're going to develop them. If you're watching this defense right now and you're a linebacker, you're a DB, you're a defensive lineman, there's not much development going on. So what are your thoughts? Nick? I'm going to give the floor to you. But ultimately, that is the worst thing on this UCF defense right now is this defense or the, this UCF team. is This defense is one of the worst in the conference, one of the worst in college football, and it doesn't look like it's going to get much better with teams that are basically now you have a plan to beat UCF. You already are going to hold the ball for a long time. Now it's just literally punch it down their throat consistently, and you're going to score. You're going to score at some point. Yeah, I, I again, I, I said I'm really not picking them at least for the next few weeks because I just have no trust. I mean, you give up, and then you go up there and, and lay give up 400 yards on the ground. I mean, it makes all the issues we talked about offense. It doesn't matter what you do. I mean, you give up 400 no. yards on the ground, you're you're done. You are done. You're losing that football game. You just can't do it. Um, That's the biggest thing that I've seen, excuse me, going to the new conference is on both sides of the ball, offensive line, defensive line, they're not built. This is not a, to use the thing, it's not a power five. They're not not power five ready in the trenches on both sides, but especially on the defensive line. I mean, there's plays where they're sending five and all five guys are getting blocked just easily. Easily, there nobody's getting off. Nobody's even penetrating now, the holes. Sorry are- to cut you off. Do you think that that is more so because again, Kansas's offensive line? If you look at Kansas's offensive line in the last two years, they've allowed the ninth fewest sacks in the last two years. Basically, all starters on the offensive line. Does it boil down to they're not ready in the defensive line trench, or does it boil down to they're, they're playing really good offensive lines that have a lot of college football experience, whereas? We haven't really seen that in power many years. It's both. Don't get me wrong. It's both. Kansas State last week, or Kansas State two weeks ago, and Kansas this week, great offensive lines. But Baylor wasn't a good offensive line. I didn't see much push there through long stretches of that game. I didn't. I didn't see it. I'm. Not, I'm seeing. I mean, Traymond Morris Brash is doing his thing for the most part. I mean, he's up and he's up around the, the leaders in the country with sacks and tackles for loss, but. All these other guys are getting overwhelmed, and the linebacker play—that's really the problem. That's that's part of the problem too. You know, you get through the first level of that defense, you need great linebackers there. Jason Johnson, for as good as he played last year, he has been maybe my most disappointing player overall on this football team. I think that's fair to say. Um, you you mentioned he led the team in tackles. It, 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 it rings hollow. It didn't matter. He he was yeah. a he was a bystander in this one. I mean, just getting run over, taking really bad routes to the to try to make tackles. He's been very disappointing. Ryan Davis as well. He didn't play good in this one. I mean, nobody on that defense played good. You give up 400 yards. But it starts with the trenches, and then it goes to the linebackers. I mean, we don't even have a chance to even talk about the secondary today because they were hardly even tested uh, this entire no. game from Jason Bean. And, and that's the thing. Kansas put up 51 without Jalen Daniels playing it down. <laughs> I mean, imagine, what? And What's they're starting like? in their backup quarterback throwing for only 91 yards. Throwing 91 yards, 12 passes. What happens if Jalen Daniels plays in this game? I, I, I oh man, I'm, I'm oh, telling you. Worse. 
I, I like literally the second drive where they put up a field goal, he missed a guy that had a wide open uh, slant route, but he he was looking at the guy in the end zone. And he overthrew him. I'm right. like, if Jalen Daniels was in the game, either he's running that or he's hitting that the Correct. wide open short pass, knowing. So right. like it could have been a lot worse. Uh, and and here's where but, I'm at, Sean. Yeah, here's where I'm at. We did predictions at the beginning of the year, and I said six and six. Yeah. And I said, I think they're going to struggle year one in the Big 12. But if they get to six wins, I'll say that's a good season. I'll still feel that way if they can get to six wins. But man, I did not expect it to be this bad. This bad in Big 12 play. I thought for sure that Oklahoma would blow them out. Maybe there'd be another one in there. Didn't necessarily think it was going to be Kansas, to be honest with you. But play, they played three different ranges of Big 12 teams so far. Okay. Now, the Big 12 is a little wonky after the first two. Let's be fair. Really but wonky. From what I've seen, Kansas is probably the third best team in the Big 12. Can I, can I, is that fair to say? Uh, the only loss is to Texas, and Daniels didn't play. Yeah, I think that, yeah, probably the third best. West Virginia is probably up there. But for this argument's sake, they've played a, they've played a top three, top four Big 12 team in, in Kansas. They've played a middle of the pack Big 12 team in Kansas State. And then they've played a bottom of the pack. Uh, Big 12 team, which make no mistake, UCF is in that bottom pack, and Baylor, and they've lost three different ways. It, it doesn't matter who they play in this conference right now. They're not doing the things that that contribute to winning football games. So I said six and six. You know, we got six games left, and go look at that schedule. You tell me if they can get three wins. They can, but will they? Do you trust them to get three wins out of these final six the way things are going. Because I'm seeing a trend right now, especially defensively, and the way this team plays. And they've already they already told me last week they're not mentally strong when you blow a 28-point lead at home against a really bad Baylor team. So I don't even have confidence right now they're going to get three more wins in the schedule, Sean. That's kind of where I'm at. Yeah, we were talking about that. I mean... Yeah, I mean it's going to be tough sledding. I mean, the West I mean, Virginia you, game. Look, we remember the beginning of the year we were thinking we were West Virginia. Laughing. Oh, check win. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's not. No, no it's not. West Virginia's good. You will, be a, and, you will be a home underdog against West Virginia. Oh yeah, well yeah, because West Virginia can run the ball. Like yeah. they they can run the ball down your throat. And guess what? We don't do well. Stop the run. So that's the like. It's going to be a long season, boys. Like I mean, it's going to be a struggle if this defense cannot get better. At the end of the day, the offense will be fine. Like, I understand the struggle. I understand the the frustration. The offense has proven enough to me where I know we can go score points. And at the end of the day, you haven't had John Rice plumbing for the last three weeks. I know somebody's like, how much of a drop-off is that from Timmy McLean? Honestly, I think a lot. I think John Rice brings a different element to this offense. There's a reason why teams have fits playing him. But I was saying this on the, the stream, Nick. Ultimately, I know it, it listen, we're... How many games in? Six games in. We're to the halfway point of this season. And we're going to talk about this on this week's episode of Charge On when when we record it or if we do a live stream. Ultimately, Nick, it's going to come down to, can UCF go out this summer when John Rice is not going to be your quarterback because he's gone and get a top 10 transfer quarterback and not care necessarily who or if he's a dual threat? I am so tired of just, oh, let's just go get a, whoever's the best dual threat. No, go just get the best damn quarterback out there that can pass the ball. Because, okay, I'm not saying UCF would have got Sam Hartman. No chance. But if you got a guy like Sam Hartman that came to UCF, maybe not the best runner, but just a pure good passer, you have the skill players to do stuff with it. If you get them the ball, 
if the guy can like Dylan Gabriel is not a running, he's not a dual threat. Don't get it twisted. Dylan Gabriel is not a dual threat. He's a pure pocket quarterback passer, but he can get out of the pocket and run the football if needed. He yeah, how do you how do you do today? today? How do you do today? Did pretty damn well. Did yeah. pretty damn well. Yeah. All right. So just wanted that's to put the that frustration out there. For, for we all need the to fans stop. Who, uh, who hate him? Just putting that out there. But continue. See, there's no hate. It's more of a the way he left UCF was not acceptable. But at the end of the day, I've always said, and I said it on the stream, Dylan Gabriel is the best, one of the best quarterbacks I've ever seen live, one of the best pure passers I've ever seen live. And that's not going to change. Dylan Gabriel is going to light us up for 70. Him and Jeff Lebby are going in with a vengeance. Like, and we'll talk about it that week. But And, uh, and by the way, real quick before you go any further, because I feel like just dropping these little things in here. Oh, sure. Um, uh, what, how's uh, how's Mikey Keene doing this year? Oh, great. How's he doing? But but we didn't want to start him because we wanted oh, a dual threat. Oh, oh yeah. hold up. Hold up. Yeah. Mikey Keene, he, he, he's, he's a little slew. He can't move. But but he, he can can't throw, move that so we're great. like, eh. You know, I could see I could see arm talent when I could see it, but you know what? He can't move enough. So guess what, Mikey? Eh, Go see ya. Bye bye. Go to Fresno yeah. and, and light up uh, yeah. every team you play. Yeah, yeah, lighting up ranked Fresno State team. Are yep. you freaking kidding me? Again, these are the decisions that I come back to Gus and I and I start to think, man, you what's what are you doing, man? What are you doing? And I'm giving him the benefit of the time. Again, don't get it twisted. Gus Malzahn is very valuable to UCF right now because he brings a brand, he brings identity as a name as a head coach. I know people say, oh, that, names, I whatever. He can recruit. We know that. I got major questions about his coaching right now, but he's going to be given a chance to ride this out when he gets his wave of guys in here. The 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 top twenty five class that he is coming in. So I'll leave it there. But he's got to be under a microscope moving forward, as far as I'm concerned, with these decisions. Don't get it twisted. The one guy right now that is going to be looked at very closely the rest of the season is Addison Williams. That's the guy that's going to be yes. looked at closely. Uh, he's the biggest guy in the hot seat right now, just because again, I get it's only six games and I get, uh, we're going to have opposing big 12 fans come in here and, and type in our comment section. Don't worry. You know, it's new and your guys are going to be okay. Like it's just the first season, but you have to understand this coaching staff has told us for nine straight months that they've gotten ready for the depth. It's been two years. They've known since they're in the big I was 12. told they've, future of college football. Future of college football, which I still think. I mean, ultimately, a lot needs to change. But again, you're already atop the Big 12 in your recruiting classes. You, you Right. We have to see you, that through. That's what I said. That's why I said that's why I said earlier this year, you're gonna take your lumps. I, I thought it was gonna be a, I thought they were gonna play better than this, don't get me wrong, but I knew they were gonna take their lumps. But overall here's my thing. We look at it, I think this loss makes it look worse. Like I like this loss more than the Baylor, to be completely honest with you. Like, this was a lot easier to digest because UCF just had no chance the entire game. So it was like, okay, I like blowouts rather than, like, a Baylor game. But ultimately, if you really look at the Big 12 season so far, okay, you were in it until the fourth quarter, and then you crumbled in the fourth quarter with Kansas State. You were in that game. Baylor, you should have won. You should have blown them out by 50. You crumble in the fourth quarter. This game, you show up, not ready to play at all, and you get killed. So again, like... And I get Gus is like, we're going to compete in every game we're going to be. We're going to be in every game. I think that is the weakest. I hate every time he says that because it's like, that is the weakest thing you can say. Oh, we're going to compete every time. It's like, no, we're going to win a lot of football games. We're going to go in and beat some of these teams. 
I don't think Gus is as calm. Like, Gus acts like he's all confident. I don't think Gus is very confident. Like, he's just saying, oh, we're going to compete. If this doesn't show you, he is going, like, I am, I get it. We, we got six games, and we I'm excited. I hope we can make a bowl game. I think we can make a bowl game. If John Rice gets healthy, I am very confident in getting three more wins. Oh, I'm intrigued to see what Gus Malzahn is going to do this offseason. That's all I'm going to say. And we're not going to talk too much offseason. I am very intrigued because there is no way. First of all, Gus has never had a losing season. This is probably the closest he's probably going to get. This is going to be maybe an overhaul of a bring your guys in, go get some top transfers. Let's see how much they get in NIL because I know that's going to be a big thing. But you can't take a loss like this and not look at yourself in the mirror and say, hmm. Now, granted, again, I think the offense showed a lot of fight in the second half. They put drives together. I like the way the Hinshaw calls the offense. Obviously, some of the play calls are, you know, head scratchers, but that's normal with this type of offense. The defense, though, it's unacceptable. The fact that you could not stop them all game, even after in the second half, where you know what they're doing, they're just running the football down your throat. That's where it gets frustrating, and something, hopefully during this bye week, they can figure something out on this defense. Switching a scheme, getting players just healthy. Is it just getting Ricky Barber back? I don't know, but... Something needs to give, and right now, there is no bright spot on that defense where you can look at it and say, I think when we play Cincinnati, we're going to stop the run. You wonder why we were in the game against Cincinnati last year and why we won? We stopped the run. They couldn't run the ball on us. We forced them to throw it with Ben Bryant, and they couldn't do anything. This year, Montgomery will run, or whoever the running back is. I don't even know who the running back is. They will run all over our ass. No offense. I'm sorry to, like... This is rough, but Nick, final thoughts. We're not going to get too much more into it. At the end of the day, it was a blowout. We got killed. Uh, we got one bye week, which is going to be this week. We get a bye week, um, and then we got Oklahoma after that, but we'll give our midseason breakdown this week, but kind of give your final thoughts on this rough, 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 rough watch. Yeah, I'm very happy there's a bye week. I, can't, I, need, to take a, I need a week off. I said I needed a few you know, days We don't off. get a week off. We still have to talk about the team. We just don't have to do two episodes. Well, I don't have to, but I don't have to watch anything with my eyes. I don't have to watch That's this true. team with my eyes. That's what I mean. At That's least true. I get a week off and I get to prepare uh, for Oklahoma. Um, yeah, but this was ugly. Like you said, it was um, it was just inexcusable. Just, in, it just not embarrassing like last week was, but it was just inexcusable across the board. Um, Last thing I will say on a side note, because everybody was talking about it this week. I don't even know if you even talked about it on the stream, maybe. Uh, but I'll just get my opinion out here before I before we sign off. The Frankie Valley tradition sucks. Get rid of it. It's not. It's not. We don't like it. We don't like it. We didn't. We didn't talk about it. But that is that is clearly we, things that are more important than wins and losses have taken over UCF Twitter. Right, um, right. I, I saw this dialogue going on for like two days. Um, yeah, no, it, it doesn't. It doesn't resonate. I promise you. Kill it, kill it, please kill it, and do the thing. What's the? Um, oh my goodness, you're asking me to remember all these songs. I know it's a lot. There's a lot. What's of, the one uh, about the knights or whatever? Oh, uh, knights will never die. See that that that's perfect. Yeah, that's perfect. You could play that. But Frankie Valley's got to go, got to go. Yeah, I'd rather have the Knights, the Knights, the other one. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I like Frankie Valley, but 
you know. But not for a football game. Yeah, I guess. I played I that at my grandpa's 80th birthday party oh, like geez. three weeks ago, and we're trying to play that in the bounce house and get people going. Are you kidding me? No. We'll see. Luckily, we have a month until we're back in the bounce house. Uh, but if you're a UCF fan, do not turn into the old type of fans that aren't going to show up if we're three and four heading into that game. Oh, that's all I'm saying. I know we're a month away. It's going to be a big game. Regardless of what a record is, you better show up. Final thoughts. I'm going to say I'm also excited that I don't have to watch this team next week. I need a break. Um, I'm not looking forward to the Oklahoma game, but I'm not going to get into that too much because I feel like that's just going to be bad on my mental health. Um, But at the end of the day, guys, like we said in our preseason predictions for everybody that's saying that oh we're not six and six is too low and we're not you know we don't believe in this team I think you're now seeing why we were saying six and six you know it, it's not necessarily that we don't believe in the team it's just these guys need to learn how it's like to play in a power five conference in a full season and clearly you're seeing teams are going to take advantage of what you do bad right in the American, no offense to the American at all. Like I think they've got some really good teams there. In the American, guess what? If we're bad against the run, against the run, teams kind of don't necessarily like, they'll pass it a bunch. Like they'll do what they they'll do what they do. Kansas just said, "Hey, we're not we're not going to throw the football. We're just going to run down your throat. And if you can't stop it, great. That's all they did, and they kept doing it. So as long as UCF can figure out their identity, more mentally disciplined. This they only have five flags today, so I'm actually proud of them for that. They they cleaned that up. It didn't matter since they were down 30. But at the end of the day, hopefully this bye week kind of gets them rejuvenated, re-energized, get some guys back healthy, get JRP healthy, so that you can get the second half of the season ended on a good note and try to make a bowl game. Ultimately, that's what you want in your first Big Big 12 season. You wanted 6-6. Six and six. That's what you strive to do. Anything less than that, and you look at it as a negative season. Um, and we'll go from there. Hopefully, hopefully... Um, hey, who knows? They might be able to shock the world in, in two weeks. Who knows? But for right now, we're going to uh, take this one on the chin. This is now three straight losses for the UCF Knights and uh, a rough, rough time in the Big 12 so far. All right. Uh, we will let you guys know what is the plan this week. Obviously, we'll still have our same episode either on Thursday or Friday. We might be moving the date. Uh, to, I might do a Friday episode instead this week. And I'll let you know if it's a live stream or if we're going to pre-record it. Kind of liking the live streams just because I feel like it breeds some conversation with you guys that we really enjoy. Um, but it will do a mid-season review um, on the roster, teams, potential transfer candidates, and all good things on an episode. I'll do it, let's just say, on Friday. It'll get posted this Friday. All right, everybody. As always, thank you so much for tuning in to Charge On. Please like, subscribe, share, do all that you do. We really appreciate it. Again, thank you for tuning into the live stream yesterday. We really appreciate it, as always, and we'll continue to do those throughout the year with exciting more stuff to come. All right, guys, this has been Charge On presented by Bet Online. We will see you on Friday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.